Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. This is where we gather up all our best bits from our live Saturday night show on talk radio. Now in this segment, we're going to share with you our Badass Balls Up section. But first, we've got a great interview with Meredith and Gabby about their collaboration to produce macaroons that look like tampons to help support Gabby's charity, Bloody Good Period. And then the girls stayed with us for our Badass Balls Up section, where we shared advice for our own problems. We talked about how to handle rejection, how to make sure you're being productive on the right things. And Natalie asked... Should you always finish? One, two, three, four! Now, we're going to talk about one of our favourite things, which is periods. Vaginas (laughs) and periods. Uh, Because we are joined by Meredith and Gabby, founders of campaign Bloody Good Period, which tackles period poverty. Those of you that listen know that we love Gabby. She's been our badass of the week a few times, called onto the show. We're going to dive straight in because I actually want to eat one of the macaroons. Yeah, they brought macaroons in. So, yeah, where should we start? There's so much to talk about. Let's start with the macaroons while I eat one. What's what's the macaroons all about? Uh, Well, um, this is Meredith. I uh, set up, um, I have a company called Ooh La La Macarons. um, And I also... Is it macarons? Yes. Macarons is French. Oh, God, I always say macaroons. Yeah, no, I didn't until I realised that was common. Macarons. Macarons. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur. um, So Mm. I have a macaron company, but I also um, have a creative agency that works with brands and organisations. And I like creating things that start conversations. Um, And I came up with the idea. I read about the amazing work that Gabby was doing with Bloody Good Period. And I was really shocked and outraged, not only about the whole concept of period poverty and the fact that some um, women in the UK um, can't afford sanitary protection each month, but also with the idea that people just are embarrassed to talk about periods in general. And I just think it's an absolute outrage. So I approached Gabby and I said, I want to create something that's going to get people talking and I'm going to use a company that I have and I'm going to create tampon macarons. And um, I was a bit nervous when I reached out to her because I was a little bit like, might she think it's too much? And she immediately got back to me and was like, it's amazing amazing let's do it so um i created the um tampon macarons to raise funds for bloody good period but also to raise awareness of the fact that period poverty is such a big issue in this country and so to take a step back because i was just diving into the box i forgot to say that your company is called Ulala. yeah Ulala, and you are Mered- at meredith o'shaughnessy yes yes i, I just wanted to eat the the, the what's in front of me <laughs> it's got that, that okay. time of night yeah, exactly it? Sugar back to the beginning <laughs> okay and so you know how how do you wake up one day and and get to that point? Because there are lots of campaigns that you could have taken on. Um, I like attacking issues which people might think are embarrassing, but I think that we should all be talking about. And I think the way that Gabby talks about periods and the way that she's approached Bloody Good Period is just so inspiring. And really, we should be able to talk about periods openly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 50% of the population have periods. It's something that when you people can't talk about things like menstruation and periods, it's it actually 
kind of contributes to shame generally and a silencing of women, which is a much bigger issue on top of that. So it's really looking at these 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 problems and then thinking about how you can address them in a creative way, in a fun way, in a way that's going to capture people's imagination. And um, it actually wasn't that bigger leap maybe that's just the way my brain works but I was like what can I do that's going to really just get people talking and here we are talking about and them what's on been the, the reaction to your macaroons mm. it's been actually really positive I was really surprised that um uh, some people when I first said I was going to do them were like oh you shouldn't do that and it'll be bad for your company and it potentially have will have some backlash and actually the, the reaction has been universally positive even to the point where I was in a black taxi um when I first launched them and I was talking to a cab driver about them and he was like I think that's a great idea he was like he was like the reason why men can be embarrassed about periods is because they don't get the opportunity to talk about them enough and actually if we were given more opportunity to just have them as a part of a normal conversation I think it would be less of a problem and I'm like well if the cabbies of London yeah. can get behind my tampon macarons then I think anybody can love it, love it. <laughs> and so I've, in the notes I've got they're handmade in Bloomsbury Yep. And I think that there's almost a contradiction in the narrative. So you've got delicate white macaron shells filled with fresh vanilla raspberry or rose buttercream and finished with an authentic and edible blue string of raspberry. Each box of eight will contain two bloodied red tampon macarons. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. It's the juxtaposition between the two, which I find really interesting. It's the idea of taking something which is a luxury product. Um, you know, when you think about um, the tax of VAT on sanitary protection, there's 20% VAT on sanitary protection, but actually macarons are VAT free. So oh, you don't no. pay VAT really? on the tampon macarons that I've made. And how Love outrageous it. is that? That's Something that's utterly frivolous and so it was really taking this thing which is it's really beautiful like macarons are very beautiful and as you can see we've packaged them up in a gorgeous gift box mm. and you know beautiful ribbon and people have been gifting them to their friends and you know we've had a lot mostly kind of you know men buying them for their girlfriends and things like that but um it's it's that which is this kind of really luxurious product but look using it to kind of start a really valuable I can't believe there's no VAT on macarons 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 but there that is outrageous I mean the VAT on sanitary wear is outrageous but the fact no so tell us where does the money go so £10 from each box goes directly to Bloody Good Period to help wow, support them and to buy sanitary protection for refugees, asylum seekers and women on low income and to support the incredible work that Gabby and her team do because she has this incredible organisation of women that just support her with the work that she does. Yeah, Gab- so to the flip side, someone calls you up and says, this is what I want to do. I mean, what's your immediate response? Oh, I mean, when Meredith got in touch and was like, I'm going to do bloody tampons, I was like, yes. <laughs> like there was, like, I think I even wrote to you like straight away. I was like, this is exactly what we do like I mean we called ourselves bloody good period for a reason not because um well because we wanted people to feel a little bit shocked and to be you know be like pushed into talking about it and so um when Meredith was like I'm gonna do these bloody tampons I was like perfection Mm -hmm. because the people that get offended by them they can sit and be offended but you know their sensibilities are hurt but I always think like well do you know more offensive are the people sitting there having to scrub blood out of their knickers basically mm. that's much more offensive to my sensibilities so um you know more bloody tampons everywhere please you know so so much better <laughs> Gabby can we rewind a little bit because Natalie she's you know a um, massive fan of yours um but could you for Likewise. some of our listeners who are not familiar with Bloody Good Period perhaps haven't heard you on our show before can you tell us a bit more about the movement how it started and where it is today 
Sure. Well, I started um, October 2016. So I'm... Um, a creative, I guess a social change creative. That's sort of what I decided to call myself. Um, and uh, I was volunteering at a drop-in centre, an asylum seeker drop-in centre in North London. And I was sent the list of all the things that they were going to be collecting. And there were no period supplies on there. And when I asked um, if they were going to be collecting them, there, there was just this sort of almost just embarrassment. Oh, we don't really give them out or we only really give them out in an emergency. <sighs> And that was that was my exact reaction. It was the moment that, that they said, we only give them out in an emergency. I was like, every period without a tampon is, is an, an emergency, emergency, regardless of who you are, your socioeconomic status, you know, where you are in the world. So um, straight away, I just decided to start collecting. So I put a little um, thing on Facebook just to my friends and family saying, can you all just come along and um, drop some pads off at my house? Or, you know, can you send some? I think I expected a few people to get involved and then maybe it was something I would carry on. But within the month, I think I had thousands and thousands of pads at my house. And that is how I lived for a year. <laughs> so, just amongst, amongst the period paraphernalia. Um, and then... Pretty quickly, though, I set up as a, as an organisation, as Bloody Good Period, and we're about to become a charity. We've got um, over 100 volunteers, which is incredible. And I should point out the reason that we decided to specialise mostly on with asylum seekers is because they only receive £37 a week to live on, and that is it. They're not allowed to work. They're not even allowed to volunteer very much. So period supplies they're not cheap like Meredith was saying they're taxed Mm. Um, and they will always come to the bottom of a woman's list so we decided they absolutely have to be free for these people and then everybody else it'll become free for everybody else if you're looking after the most marginalized people Mm. Um, and periods are important they you know if you don't have period protection you can't go about your day Mm. we all know that you know everyone has the stories about um, girls not going to school exactly in some, in some areas it holds we? you prisoner if you don't have the protection that you need and so we were just absolutely determined that that is what we were going to do until it's sorted Great. absolutely love 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 <laughs> it and so you know collaborations aren't straightforward I'm, I'm sure there was lots of negotiation around well, what, what will it look like no no Honestly. design <laughs> It was just like, let's I, just yeah. start baking. and I am a fussy, fussy, you know, I'm a designer myself, an artist, and I am fussy about the way things look. And I think it's incredibly important. But when Meredith sent it over, I was like, this is perfect. Mm. And we met, we went for a coffee in town, like before you even started yeah. them, I think. And we just, we just clicked. And I think because we're both creative women who just feel very confident about our own abilities, yeah. maybe. But yeah, and collaborations can be difficult, but this one was Easy, easy as pie or macaron. <laughs> I made, Sorry. It was, I made sure it was really important that I was really respectful to the work that Gabby had done so far. Mm. So I really researched what, what she'd done and made sure that we were contributing to that message because I think it's really, really important for small social organisations and charities that you don't have other people coming in and trying to overtake the work Mm. they're doing or think that they know better but really listen about what the needs are and say I've had this idea will it help Mm. and if she'd said to me actually no I don't think it's right for us and I would have been completely respectful of that Um, alongside that I really had some incredible help from some other women so I had an incredible stylist um, Lara Sawyer that I work with a lot who styled a photo shoot for me and another female photographer that came on board so it was a really kind of collaborative 
thing but there was no issue at all we just kind of got on with it yeah. was there a lot of product development though to get the right get the right fillings the right shape the right blue cords <laughs> i mean the blue cord was probably the trickiest part um because um i remembered we actually made them from raspberry sweet so kind of um the, i remember from a kid and i remember them we couldn't find them anywhere so we kind of in the end we got them from a very obscure shop i think somewhere <laughs> in north london um but really i mean we make Ulala specialises in special shaped macarons. So we do things like we make hamburgers, we've made little ham and lettuce sandwich macarons. And then with my other company, I create really large scale, experiential, immersive experiences. So I'm all about bringing ideas to life and making them a reality. So it really wasn't a problem at all. It happened very smoothly. What would your top... So going back to the the tip that you were giving before around if you want to work with a social organisation and, and charity, mm. you don't go in with your preconceived ideas. What are the other tips? Because I'm sure there are people at home saying, you know, I would I'm running a business and I would love to be able to give back, but they don't know how to where to start. What would your tips be? Uh, I think the the first thing is kind of really make sure that your values are aligned with the values of the people you're trying to trying to help. You know, it would not have worked if I'd gone to Gabby and said, oh, I want to do something for you, but I'm I don't really want to feature blood or I don't want to talk about those sorts of things or I'm embarrassed or that it just wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been on the same page. So really make sure that your values are aligned. Make sure you're not trying to take any time off them. Yeah. You know, Gabby's absolutely stretched to the to the maximum in terms of resource. And what I said to her, I said, this is all organized. I have a PR agency. I'm going to make these ourselves. We'll put them online. You, you All you need to do is say yes, and we'll do everything else. And mm-hmm. I think not taking from people what else would you say would like you said like just listening to what we're already doing and just being like adding to it Mm -hmm. so and and not coming what I just loved about Meredith's initial email was that she just came in and was like I've done this I've already thought of all of this all around and I want to give it to you basically and and as much as we do love collaborating with creatives that want to sort of get something going like like Meredith said we're so so stretched for time and I think so many social organizations um for social good are I mean I only work part-time for bloody good I'm a nanny as well so I don't have time to sort of I would love to but I don't have time to sit and collaborate creatively you know the rest of the week and so just to be able to just hand us an idea Mm. is incredible but also just to be able to say if you need to you can change it yeah and we didn't have to so these are macarons. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, I got it right. Are they available for like a limited time or forever? Like, what's the plan? So they're available on, online at www.ulala, which is O-H-L-A-L-A.co. That's www.ohlala.co. If you go on there, there is a whole page dedicated to the campaign. So just right. click through and you can buy them online. Um, and they're still available. And Gabby and I have just been talking and we want to keep it running because people are still talking about them. Right. And it's really exciting that we can continue to bring awareness to this issue and and as Gabby said until it's fixed until you know women are able to you know across the UK and then globally are able to get sanitary protection when they need it we'll we'll keep it going great Great. look well thank you both for coming in thank you Gabby as well and uh, where can we find you you can find us at bloodygoodperiod.com or you can follow us on Twitter um, at Bloody Good and Instagram at Bloody Good Period. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, if you just Google us or look for us on Facebook, you can find us. And we need donations of pads all the time. And we need volunteers, especially if you're in London. And you can do a collection for us as well. Um, but there's loads of ways to help. And of course, you can buy um, 
amazing macarons. <laughs> which is at oolala.com. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll be talking about periods and more after the break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This is our favourite part of the show, I think. Badass balls up. Mm -hmm. We talk about all the things that have happened in our lives and we try and provide solutions. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not so great. And we've kept Meredith and Gabby in to help us this week. Wise words. We need wise words. We're wise women. You you can actually give us a call. If you want some help, give us a call and we will try and answer it over the next two segments. You can call us uh, on 0344-499-1000 or you can text talk in your message to 87222. It will cost you 25p plus normal sending charges or tweet us at Talk Radio. We will keep an eye out to answer any of your problems. First up, Em, do you want to go first? What's happened to you this week? Well, I I think it's less what's happened to me. It's more what I have observed, you know, when just lots of things happen. And there was some stuff that happened on Love Island and there was stuff (laughs) that happened to my mates. And I was like, okay, this this is a thing. And my question is, how have you, if you have... Learn how to deal with rejection. Because I looked at Laura in Love Island. She's been rejected by about three guys, I think, and manages to bounce her way back. And like dating, it's really hard when you get rejected. But just in life, you constantly have to deal with rejection Mm. at some point. And I think it's really, really hard to deal with. And I've got better at it over the years. But I just wondered what you ladies thought about rejection, whether you felt you handled it well. And if you do handle it well, what have you done to handle it well? There we go. How did you learn? How did you uh, wants to I got some in. really good advice from my sister once and I've and she said to me, You don't fancy Brad Pitt <laughs> and he's one of the best looking men in the world. <laughs> so why is everybody gonna fancy you that you fancy? Not that Brad Pitt fancies me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I've then taken that to to different ways of uh thinking in my life and so you know, if if I've been rejected for a job um, or by, you know, a person, I think, well, what are the other great things that I've rejected for other reasons? Mm. And often it's not really about that person. It is about where you are at the time. 
and maybe the job wouldn't wasn't right for you even though you were offered it or an opportunity wasn't you know going to really give you what you were looking for at that moment so if you can don't take it personally because you know Brad Pitt probably wouldn't take it personally yeah, that I rejected him you know? but I always look at Beyonce I'm like god mm. even Beyonce's got haters yeah you know mm-hmm. now you d- you kind of rejection really well I think do you? It's a sort of a Teflon bounce, bounce ability. It, and it's partly back to that, well, if I'm not right for you, then I'm I'm not right for you. But I'm right for me. And I really like me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm winning regardless. Uh, especially at work. Uh, when you run your own business or you're running a project, you think that when someone says no, they're saying no to you. So the first lesson is to know that they're not saying no to you. They might be saying no to an idea or the timing might not be right. And there's always something else if it's meant to be for you something else will turn up and i always try and and twist it and bend it so maybe the way that i put an idea forward wasn't right and i need to twist it or or reshape it to get someone to say yes so i don't see rejection as rejection is it is, is in the negative form of rejection it's just someone saying no because what's on offer isn't necessarily what they think they want at that that time interesting what about you meredith I think it's always really good to remember there's so many opportunities out there. And if you're thinking of a romantic level, there's you know, that <laughs> adage of there's plenty more fish in the sea. There really are, you know, and as we, you know, grow and change what we want and need in our lives grows and changes, mm. too. So actually what something that might really hurt at first, kind of later down the line, you look back and you're going, well, that just wasn't right. I mean, how many men have yeah. you looked back and gone, oh, my God, I could never be yeah. with him yeah. um, later down. But the, also in a work situation, you know, there there are you just need to pick yourself back up and get back out there, because the more time you spend worrying about being rejected, the less chance you're giving yourself of getting the next opportunity mm-hmm. so from a work point of view learn what you can from it learn what wasn't quite the right fit and move on to the next thing because if it's meant to be ultimately it, it is meant to be mm. yeah I'm with you as well Natalie I think I've certainly within like a business work context rejection for me now is about self-improvement mm. so it's not rejection as a, it's a it's an opportunity for me to like step things up like you were saying, you know, if somebody rejects an offer that you've put on the table, it's probably just it's not right, the timing's not right, or what you've put forward, you haven't understood them anymore. So, yeah, I think it's... But a... we know there are lots of people that are sitting in jobs or doing things because they've been told no or they've been rejected and they feel like if they ask again, they don't want to go through the the pain of asking again. Mm. So they're sitting in a place of discomfort just because they don't have yeah. the the wherewithal to ask. So I think we're saying ask or Good just advice. let it bounce off you. Good yeah. advice, ladies. And uh, Natalie, I'm super keen to hear what is your badass balls up this week? So again, milking the fact that I walked 100k uh, over the weekend. Whoa. When I got to 97 kilometres, because every <sighs> every moment in my life was measured by these bleeding kilometres uh, over the weekend, um, I realised that you, I had to go past the finish line to see the stones. So the whole race was called Race to the Stones. The stones I had to walk at 1.5 kilometres to go and see, then come back on myself 1.5 kilometres to get to the finish line. And so as I got to the gate of the finish line to ultimately do a right to the finish line, whilst everyone was going straight to the stones, I suddenly thought, I can't. That's another 20 minutes. And I'm in so much pain and everyone was saying but it's called race to the stones you have to you have to you have to and a woman that was laying on the grass kind of catching her breath said rage against the machine don't do what everyone's saying 
that you have to do. And so I didn't go to the stones. I didn't walk the extra 20 minutes. I said, I'm, I'm going to the finish. And my best friend went because she was like, I have to see them. And I said, I'll wait for you here. But I'm racing to the finish. That is my objective. It is to finish. And I will not finish if I have to walk an extra 20 minutes. What, will you ha- what would you have done in that situation? You're in pain. Those two still look dumbfounded. Everyone, no, everyone is going to these <laughs> stones past the finish. And it, you're the only one not going. No, because it depends upon what did what agenda did you set yourself? What was your goal? Like, that's your personal goal. Doing something like that, you're not doing it to show other people that you can do it. You're doing it because you set yourself, you know, that you wanted to do it. And some people were like, they wanted to see the stones. And for you, you just wanted to finish. Yeah. And that's all that matters. It's like this whole idea of everybody doing something because everyone else is doing it. And potentially getting yourself to a point where actually when you got to the finish, you were in so much pain, you couldn't appreciate it. I think you made the right choice. You did what you needed to do. I think that's so feminist. You listen to your body and another woman. (laughs) And you raised it. I mean, what could be more like badass and feminist than that? To just be like, my body's saying no. Like we don't listen to our bodies enough as women, well, and you did. I totally disagree. I've got to say, <gasps> should have gone to the stage. <laughs> just slap <laughs> the microphone. I disagree because I'll tell you why. Uh, maybe I'm a bit twisted like this, but I think that there is something about the psychology of achieving goals, and that your body is is capable of amazing things. And sometimes it is about a mindset. And I think that you should walk to the stones. Just because of the mindset, because of the mindset, because that was that was the course, that was the goal, and I think, yeah, I think there's something about having that uh, finishing, you know, setting out and pushing your mental stamina. Really? Yeah, that's why when I we just did kicked that run, my leg on the chair and I the know, amount of pain I, know you're I just not paid, felt. But another twenty minutes won't going to make any difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were ruined true. on the first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I think there's something about the. Would psychology. you have judged me in that moment? Because there were people definitely there judging me, and lots of people say, "No, but you should. But Who you cares? should." Yeah. They judge you. Should have, would have, could have. Listen to Beverly I, Knight. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Seriously. I wouldn't have judged you, but I do think pers- personally, me personally, I, I think you're right. I don't. I, I think you have to do what is right for you. I think personally, I would have walked to the stones because of the psychological, mental stamina and pushing that. Because just because what I've learned, you know, I'm a bit of a runner and I never used to be a runner. And half the battle of being a good runner is developing your mental stamina. And I've seen how that mental stamina has pushed me through into other areas of my life. And I think it's a really easy thing to want comfort. We are, as human beings, we want the easy option. We want the quick win. Society is all about that. And I think there's something really valuable in that tenacity that like just yeah doing but you'd it. already walked so far do you miss the stones did you did you get home I saw and go them on the way out there you in the go car. <laughs> i was like oh are, are these the sto- oh, oh and there more st- there were lots of stones were they a bit disappointing you know oh, there's stones. just loads of stones it wasn't stonehenge i'm telling <laughs> you, you imagine that much? the mental strength you would have had to go through to go- to bother to go and see those stones <laughs> i think it would have taken you to another you like- know what i was saying before about not being able to cry i think i probably would have been able to cry had i walked those <laughs> well then maybe 20. you should have done it just for that <laughs> But yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure, you know, is, is that part of the finish to have gone to the stones, knowing that I would have to walk past the finish line and come back to the finish line? It was more about 
the fact that I had to walk past the finish line mm. to go to I think to they did that if deliberately. If they were en route, it, was, it would be different. <laughs> I think they did it deliberately. Why do they not just make the stones the end point? Why do they have to make it's you... It's a national um, monument, so you can't... They couldn't do the big sort of finish oh, and okay. set up there. Yeah. But they could have set up differently. I feel like they almost did it to like see if they could break, break you at the you. end. Yeah, That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you, that was incredible what you did. And mm. I'm seriously in awe of you. Yeah, totally in awe of you. see if I can press differently in a month. But that, that was my balls up. <laughs> well, it wasn't a balls up, but I feel, yeah, I feel for you. I do. Um, Gabby, you've got a balls up for us this week. Yeah, again, uh, not necessarily a balls up, but just, you know, tricky. Like, I, I'm run bloody good period and I'm a nanny and I've got a social life. How do I stop How spreading myself so thinly? <laughs> I mean, I say I have one. I have WhatsApp. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. How do I not spread myself so thinly so that I'm not exhausted every Friday? That's mm. a really... I think that's a common challenge these mm. days, isn't it? And I think mm. the whole trend is everyone wants a side hustle, you know, which is essentially what Bloody Good Period was. And now it's become quite a main side hustle. And that is a constant battle because it's never ending, right? It's never mm. ending who you could talk to, who you, who you could do, um, who you could partner with or speak to. I think there's something about having a bit of a filter, being really clear on what your objectives are. I think there's also something around getting really good at delegation. That's something I've had to learn. Like, mm. what can I what can I ship out and what can I be effective? So, like, I think for me, about a year ago, I just felt absolute overwhelm. And one of the things that was making me feel overwhelmed was my diary. Mm. And then I ended up finding, like, a virtual assistant. And I was like, can you look after my diary? And I didn't really, didn't really think I could afford And I thought, it's at least a day of my week, two hours a week. And she does all my diary, booking, everything. And that totally gave me more headspace to be more productive. So I think any of those sort of admin anyone could be doing this apart from you mm. try and get rid of them if you can would be my advice good advice yeah do you love everything that you're fitting into your busy hectic schedule no but you know when you're working with volunteers it's very easy to feel very guilty about asking people to do stuff mm. because they're giving their precious time yeah um so i try and give them stuff i know they'll love but you know that doesn't always mean that I get to keep all the stuff I love. You're, you not, you're not valuing your own time then mm. because you think their time's more valuable than your time if you're, if you're saying their time is precious. Your yeah. time is precious. Your yeah, time is the so most lovely. precious. You're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you're lovely. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really important. You know, the mm. thing is, I've just been reading this book, Essentialism, and what it says is if you're spreading yourself too thinly, you really can't, dedicate enough of yourself to the things you should be doing and mm. you're doing such incredible stuff and actually the reality is what can you be doing that's the most valuable to where you want to go and so every moment that you're not doing that every time you're sorting something out every time you're doing a task that someone else could do you're not fully moving forward to the place you should be mm. i'm gonna say not just where you want to go but also how do you want to feel mm. that was the shift for me because i was so focused on and on to the next thing and on to the next mm. board and on to the next one i was like okay I'm going I'm moving forward mm. but I just want to feel like this I just want to feel content I just mm. want to feel happy I just want to feel full I just want to laugh and so I organized my time to make sure I, I feel a certain way and once I started doing that even if I was tired it was fine because I was tired and laughing or tired with, pe with people that enrich me there are lots of times on a Saturday we're like so tired <laughs> we're literally we're hauling ourselves through the door 
I mean, we get in and we're like, but we're with people that we love hanging out with and we just have a good chit chat. Is your, Gabby, is your, do you find that you're busy or are you busy and moving forward? Because sometimes I can, I think that we can get very busy, but we're not actually driving ourselves forward. We're just. Yeah, I think um, is a combination of the two. And I think that is a really good point to like watch out for when I'm just like busy, 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 busy. Yeah. And when I'm like busy and pushing. Yeah. And that is when I feel great, when I'm busy and moving forward, when I'm busy and talking to being around people but just being busy sort of packaging up pads you know isn't isn't the best use of my time no yeah no not for you if you're leading the organization but you can probably find lots of volunteers to do that yeah and you know what they do yeah (laughs) they really they really do yeah Yeah. and do you know what you should say no to because that's just as important well I think it's difficult in in the the space that I am currently because there's lots I've got to learn as well about running a charity and so I would love to say no to the finance stuff I would love to but I think at the end of the day I'm going to feel more enriched by learning stuff that I didn't want to learn um but I think yeah I think probably a big part of it is just saying no to the things that other people actually enjoy doing yeah we've got volunteers who love doing data crunching so i just need to let them do it and not feel guilty about it yeah so yeah. that's the hardest part about delegating yeah. i've always had that as well where i'm like oh i can't give people the really what i think are the bad yeah. jobs yeah. but then what i have to remember is some people of those people really enjoyed that job yeah. it's just i don't like it yeah and yeah. that's been a hard thing for me but when you find people and you just let them run with it they end up doing stuff a million times better than you would and they love the ownership and they'll probably develop your charity in a way that you would never expect. That's true. So like give people some autonomy and go, look, you're in charge of data. I'm just interested in this and this and this. Go run with it and see what happens. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. Yep. Cool. Too. Thank you, everyone. Mm. You're welcome. Gabby Edlin, Meredith O'Shaughnessy, thank yep. you so much for joining us uh, for our badass balls up. Mm. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.